honestly, I don't take it lightly. When it comes to the things of God, I take it more seriously than any other thing. That is why I always carry my Bible, okay? It's no internet. Hallelujah. This, this is the real deal. Hallelujah. Because let me tell you something. We are living in times where the phone is a huge distraction to whatever we do. Okay? You can call me old school, but I don't look old school, right? And the, and the Bible is the what? Is a real deal. Okay, so Pastor Ando and uh, Mrs. Ando, First Lady, thank you very much for asking me to come. And uh, it's going to be a blessed day because today is going to be the manifestation of God's power in the house. Amen. The songs that we've sung, amen. The prayer that we've prayed, the declaration that has been made, all ties in to what is going to happen. Hallelujah. Because everything that was done today, every song that was sung today, ties in to the message. Hallelujah. So it shows that God is about to do something here to this morning in the name of Jesus. But there's one thing that I have to confess. When the musicians were playing, it was a bit of a distraction to me. Do you know why? They were playing some chords that I, I wish I could follow. So instead of worshiping God, I was following the chords they were playing. You know, I'll follow the basses for a while. What is he playing? Then I'll just follow the keyboards for a while. Then the drummer will play something. So all through the worship, I'm trying to worship God, but I'm still listening to the chords they were playing. So um, I think when I come back, I'm going to join you, and we're going to serve God. Amen. So probably find, look for a job in, in Leeds for me, and I'll relocate to Leeds. Then, then we'll do church together. I've known. You heard me, yeah. God is my witness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And um, I, I thank God I'm here with my wife and three boys, Eunice, uh, Michael, Andrew, and Jesse. Hallelujah. God has been so good to us. And um, what more can I say? Hallelujah. What more can I say? It, it, is, it is a privilege. I've known Chris. I, I don't want to mention his guy name, honestly. They know. I don't think they know. No. And, and for safeguarding reason, I'm not going to mention his guy name. Because, because we are in England. Amen. I don't want um, social services to come and look for me. So I'm going to leave it like that. But on a more serious note, I'm so happy to be here this morning, honestly. And um, I'm looking forward. I'm expecting. And I believe that you should be expecting. So it's, 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 again, it's an honor and a privilege just to be here this morning. And God is about to do something. Let me tell you something. I want to encourage you to study the word of God. I want to encourage you. This church is born out of a man who was studying the word of God. This church is born out of a man who God has used because he was praying. And everything that he has said is true. At the age of 10, 11, he used to be an infant him, right? And he traveled all the way to Accra because I was in Accra. The fellowship was in Accra. Sometimes during school time, at the age of 11 and 12, he would travel and come for camp meeting. Hallelujah. He will come for a prayer meeting, fasting for 21 days. School time. It is not vacation, not holidays. School time. Hallelujah. And it's not just praying and fasting, right? But studying the word as well and having people to mentor you. So what, what you're seeing today is a result of a man that has gone through the ranks. Hallelujah. So it is, it is, it is not... It is not by accident. So when I see young people today who are not studying the word or 
studying the scriptures, it becomes a huge problem because we're living in times where each one of us will have to know God for himself or herself. We are living in times that if you don't know God for yourself, it becomes a huge problem because the world is clamoring on the church. Hallelujah. The world is what? On the church. And very soon, if you're not careful, you will not be able to open your mouth to say anything. So you need to know God for yourself. Hallelujah. Jesus in his ministry never had a church or a building. Everything that Jesus did was in the marketplace. Hallelujah. Church is something that happened after he gone. He had left. But everything that Jesus did was in the marketplace. Let me ask you, how free are you to share your faith in the marketplace? Let me ask you, how difficult it is. It's so easy to come in here, praise and worship, right? But the real deal is when you go out of the street, how easy is it to tell your neighbors about Jesus? And that is where the whole show is. I've been a school teacher for a very long time, right? And in my department, I'm in the math department, and the math department has a platform. And I said, oh, can you add me to the platform? They said, no. And why, why don't you want to add me to the platform? Because I'm, in the, I'm working with you, and I'm in the department. They said that we don't want any prayers. So we're not going to add you to the platform. So we're going to add you to the platform only on condition that there's nothing about prayer, nothing about God. And, and these both, they all claim to be Christians. Hallelujah. So I said, oh, fine, just add me. They added me to the platform, and I can't resist it. Amen. <laughs> I couldn't. Before I realized, people were dropping out of the what? One after the other, without any notice. So I had to just drop myself out of the platform, just for them to do whatever they want to do. But at least a message has been sent to them that this is my position. That anywhere I go, I stand for Jesus, and and that I can't I can't change it. I cannot change it. And, and, and that is it. You're not ashamed. So that is what we need to do. Each one of us will have to stand for God himself, okay? Not what your pastor says or not what anybody says. So I want to encourage you to, how do you call it? Find time. Whenever there's Bible studies, please, you have to be there. That is what is going to build you up. Whenever there's a prayer meeting, I want to encourage you to be there. So there's going to come a time your mother will not be there, your father will not be there. Your pastor will not be there, but it's going to be a test of your character. Whether you believe what you claim you believe. That you need to walk the walk and not just walk. Talk to talk the talk. So we need to know God for ourselves. Today we're going to look at the power of God. Hallelujah. It's, it's such a big topic, right? But I want to narrow it down. I'm not going to give you any title per se, but everything I'm going to say is about the power of God and what role you play with God's power. Praise the name of the living God. So understand what I'm saying. I'm going to talk about the power of what? Of God. And the Bible is asking us to be able to walk in the spirit. Hallelujah. How do we walk in the spirit as mere human beings in a world that is full of distractions, in a world that is full of sin, in a world that anywhere you turn to there is something that is pulling you out of God's will. To walk in the spirit is basically living a life of devotion. Hallelujah. A life of devotion means that you've devoted your life to God. 
You've dedicated your life to what? God constantly, every day, minute by minute, and what? Second by what? Second. Hallelujah. So that's the life of devotion. He said that he, he said that when you spend your time in the secret place of the Most High, he who dwells in the secret place of what? The Most High. He shall abide what? Under the shadow of the Almighty. The shadow is a place of comfort, right? It's a place of rest. If you're tired and you come from Africa, you know what I'm talking about, and you have a tree, right? And you're tired and you've, 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 you've gone to work. You want to sit somewhere that is cool with the cool breeze. When you spend time with God, hallelujah, he takes you into a place where it's just like sitting under his arms, where he gives you the rest and the peace that you need. I want to encourage you to live that life of devotion. And that life of devotion is when it comes, when you continue to walk with God in his presence on a daily basis, not only on Sundays. Hallelujah. Now, I want to talk about the power and the glory of God. The Bible says in Psalm 19, verse 1, it says that the heavens, what? Declares what? The glory of God. And the skies and the firmament shows the works of his hands. If I want to talk about the power of God, that is one clear example that tells us that what God has done indicates that he's a powerful God. Hallelujah. It says, the heavens, what? Declare. We made some declarations this morning, didn't we? Exactly. And what does declaration mean? Declaration is a statement of fact. Everything that we said this morning that was displayed up there is a statement of what? Fact. Okay, let me say a statement of truth. Because when it comes to spiritual things, truth is better than what? Fact. So it says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies what? Proclaim what? The works of his hands. Proclamation is different from declaration. When you proclaim, what does it mean? It's to announce. Okay? So if I'm proclaiming the goodness of God, it's I'm announcing the what? The goodness of, of God. So when we pray and we're making declarations, it means that we are making statements of truth about who God is. Now the heavens that we see is something that God created. Amen. So the earth that we see and the heavens that we see is speaking for itself. You don't need any argument about it. So it says that the power of God is seen all over the world. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. If you want to design, a lot of people are talking about, um, how to call it, um, evolution. Okay? Using the law of entropy, that, that nullifies the law of evolution, right? That's what the world says. But for, for this speaker to be designed, right, the design of the speaker should be outside the speaker. Am I, am I right? The design of the speaker should not be in the speaker. The designer of a speaker should be outside of the, of the speaker, right? So the designer will design the speaker and call it a speaker. In the same way, God designed the world. Hallelujah. And he was outside of the world. So it means that God is bigger than the world that we see. He's far bigger. Our minds cannot understand who God is. So what we know and what we see is just the tip of the iceberg. So there's somebody who designed the world that we live in. Okay? And he is God. So, evolution cannot be real. Hallelujah. The world cannot create itself. Hallelujah. So, there's a God that created the world. And the God that created the world was outside of the world that we live in. And we better believe that. Hallelujah. And then, there are two powers at war. Hallelujah. The powers of darkness and the what? The powers of God. I'm not going to compare the powers of darkness to the powers of God. Because... 
The powers of darkness is no match to the powers of God. But we still need to be aware that he exists. Because even though the powers of the devil is much smaller or insignificant to the powers of God, the powers of the enemy is strong enough to cause us to sin. To cause us problems. Hallelujah. The power of the enemy is strong enough to derail us from the things that God wants us to do. Do you understand? So we need to be aware of the power of the enemy. Hallelujah. But our focus is on the power of what? On the power of God. The Bible says that we wrestle not against, against principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness of what? This age. Hallelujah. That's what we are wrestling against. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we war not against the flesh. Hallelujah. So we are human, but there is a spiritual war that is going on. And you need to be aware that they exist. And I'm going to show you the power of God that he's given us. That we are not taking advantage of. Hallelujah. You, each one of us in this room, God has given us his power. For a reason. Hallelujah. To make a difference. So if you know that you are a child of God and he's given you his power. This morning, we're going to talk about how we can use that power to advance the kingdom. Hallelujah. So God's power demonstrates his what? Authority. And it shows his glory. The glory of God is everything that he is. Hallelujah. Just like fish, the natural environment for fishes is what? In the water. The natural environment for God to dwell in is his glory. That's the natural environment. So wherever there is God in a place, you can see that there is what? There's freedom. That's why when you come to church, even though you, you have not sinned, you're looking for sin in your life to confess. Because the glory of God is all around here. And sometimes when you walk out of a door, what happens? You seem to forget about what has happened a few minutes ago. Has it happened to you before? It does. It's because we need to make that conscious effort to walk in his presence. It doesn't come automatically because there is another force out there that is fighting against us. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when we are here together and worshiping God like the song that we sang, it's so easy to be part of it. But when you go home and you're alone and the tie hits the road, would you remember the words that you just sang? You, you get what I mean? Would you remember the things that were said in the pulpit? So you need to know God for yourself. That's why I said at the beginning that you need to know what the scriptures is saying. It's very important. Because if you don't know what the scriptures are saying, when the tire hits the road, you make the wrong choices. And you make the wrong judgment. Hallelujah. In the same way, the devil also demonstrates his power through his services. And his services, yes. Right? And his services is through his agents, the demons. Hallelujah. And wicked spirits. Hallelujah. So God is declaring his power. God is showing his power, which is much, much higher. But the enemy is also engaged in his own services. That is for his own benefit. The Bible says that he's a liar. He's a liar from the beginning. But he comes to kill, steal, and what? Destroy. A liar means that he has a character of lying. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the methods that he uses, the method is to kill and to steal and what? And to destroy. He cannot help it. That is his nature. 
Hallelujah. But today, this morning, we're going to make a lot of um, destructions in the spiritual realm. And we're going to free ourselves from the things that the enemy is doing that is preventing us from doing what God wants us to do. In the name of Jesus. So um, God is omnipotent, right? He's all-powerful. He's a mighty God. He's omnipotent. No power on earth is bigger than God's power. God is omniscient. What does he mean? He's all-knowing. His, his, his wisdom is beyond comprehension. Hallelujah. And, and, and God is what? Omnipresent. He's everywhere at what? Every time. That's the God that we serve. But for a demon or a spirit, okay, to operate, he needs an agent. He needs a local champion. Thank you very much. To operate within. Hallelujah. So can you see the kingdom that we belong to? A powerful kingdom. So God, I want to draw your mind to something. Okay? And before I finish what I'm saying, you will understand clearly where you stand in all of these. In the name of Jesus. Now let's, let's see how God expresses his power. If somebody is powerful, how does God express his power? Hallelujah. God expresses his power sometimes through his voice. God can speak. God is a person. Hallelujah. In the book of, um, in the book, um, the Bible talks in, um, that God's voice is upon the surface of the world. Of the waters. Nahum chapter 1 verse 3. The voice of God is in what? On the surface of the waters. You remember creation? God said. Hallelujah. That's a powerful voice. And the way that God uh, expresses his power is by his mighty right hand. Hallelujah. We talk about the arm of God. We talk about what? The mighty right hand of God. In Exodus chapter 9 verse 3, the Bible talks about the fact that the hand of God will bring terrible plagues upon the Egyptians. So the hand of God can do good things, and the hand of God, when he likes, can bring a lot of disaster as well. So the hand of God can do mighty things, can destroy, and the hand of God can also work in our favor. Hallelujah. Now, let us describe the power of God, okay? The power of God, one of the things that was said that in ICC, we see the manifestation of what? Of a great God. Some of the decoration that we're making. Now, God that we serve is very what? Is very great. The Bible says that he's slow to anger. But is what? Great in, in power. Hallelujah. God gives you time because he really loves you and he wants you to be part of what he's doing. He's very slow to anger. But at the same time, he's also very great in what? In power. That's the God that we serve. Hallelujah. So God gives you time. So you need to understand that whatever you're doing, that is not in line with his word. He always gives you time. But he gives you time to a point, then he begins to act. So make sure that God doesn't dip his hands into your case or into your pocket. Otherwise, it's going to be a disaster. The Bible says that he's a mighty God. Job chapter 9 verse 4. He's limitless. He's vast in knowledge. You cannot stop him. Hallelujah. And that is the God that we serve. And also say that he's a sovereign God. What is a sovereign God? A sovereign God is somebody who possesses ultimate what? Power. Ultimate and supreme power. Acts chapter 4 verse 24. It talks about the ultimate and the supreme power of God. That is the God that we serve. You know, I'm taking my time to go through because you know all of these things, but I want to remind you. Sometimes we take God for granted. Hallelujah. We take him for granted and um, we treat him anyhow. 
but he, he's our father. He's the one who created us. And at the end, we realize that there's going to come a time each one of us will have to sit before the judgment seat of God to give an account of whatever we did in the flesh. So today counts. Today counts. Hallelujah. What we're doing today is very important because it's part of your life on earth. And on that day, he's going to show you a video of your whole life. And he said, give me an account of what you did in, 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 in the flesh, mean that as a human being. So God is a supreme God. He has the ultimate power. And he's the one that controls everything that is in this life. Hallelujah. Amen. Now let's see, talk about the demonstration of God's power. I want to talk about creation. Hallelujah. One of the ways that God created the world is, sorry, demonstrated his power is through creation. Psalm 102 verse 25 talk about the fact that God laid the foundations of the what? Of the earth. And the earth is the work of his, his hands. Psalm 102 verse 25. That is the demonstration. And when you look at the demonstration, you can see that in that particular verse of Genesis chapter 1, it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the, the, the earth was without form and voice and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, let it be light. Hallelujah. Now, in Greek, the God that was used in Genesis 1-1 is Elohim. And Elohim means that the supreme being, the mighty God, he's second to none. That is, that is God. God always comes to us or acts through the revelation of his name. Hallelujah. So when God is dealing with us as human beings on one-to-one in a fellowship, he doesn't come as Elohim. He will come as Jehovah. Hallelujah. But when he wants to do his strange acts, powerful acts, he comes as Elohim, who is a mighty God, the supreme being, second to none. So he came as Elohim. In Greek, Elohim is plural. And it's, it's gods. Why is it gods? It's not small gods, but it's big G with S. Because God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit were all in operation. Do you understand what I'm saying? So in Hebrew, Elohim means gods. Because he said, let us make man in our image. Genesis 1 verse 26, right? But it's the same God that created the world. Now God said, okay? But God said, that is God the Father. Now they said the Spirit of the Lord was hovering on the what? Surface of the waters. Okay? And God said, and what is the word? The word is Jesus. He says, the word became flesh and what? Do you understand that? So the Trinity, it was in action from the beginning, right from creation. So one of our pastors read something in Colossians chapter 1. At the beginning, he's the image of, 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 the, image of the invincible God. So Jesus became what? Man. Okay? And we're going to see why Jesus became man. Why God did not change anything and everything for us. But he had to bring Jesus to become man. I'm going to explain that why it is so. Hallelujah. So, the Bible says that God created man in his image. Okay? And if something is an image, it is a representation of the original. Hallelujah. So, the character of God, the attributes of God, the nature of God, the lifestyle of God, the conduct of God should be part of our, of our being. So, that God created man in his what? Image. Hallelujah. And he made man the ruler over what? 
the earth. So the earth that God created was an extension of heaven. And he put man in there and said, I'm going to put you in charge. He says, name all the creations, all the things that I've created. Because he's made you in charge. Hallelujah. And that was man's kingdom. Kingdom comes from two ways. Kingdom and a king and dominion, right? So you are a king in a what? Dominion until Satan came in and sold, man sold his birthright to the devil. Hallelujah. But the point is that when God created man and put man in the, in the garden, he took himself out of a picture. Okay? And said, man, you take what? Over. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 says, it said, be fruitful and what? Multiply and what? Replenish the earth and what? Subdue it. What does it mean? It says that I've made you fruitful. Okay? Get in there. Multiply. Take control. Okay? And subdue it. God has made man king over the earth. And he said, I'm sitting back because I'm in heaven, right? I will come and visit you on a regular basis. But I've created an extension of heaven on earth for you. Just take over. Hallelujah. But we all know the story. What happened? We all know the story. Where was Adam? And I believe Adam was present. Because God had given him authority. God has given him the, the, that, that responsibility. If I give you responsibility over the choir of the church, do you know what that means? It means that you need to respond to the responsibilities of the choir with ability. Okay. To respond with what? Ability. And ability. That's a responsibility. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so if I say that you are responsible for this chair, I need you to always respond to the needs of the chair with an ability. Because if you don't have that ability, you'll be irresponsible. Do you understand? So God put man in the garden and said, you are responsible for that place. But we lost it. And that is where, that is why we are here today. But let me tell you something. God, the enemy knows the power that God had given man. And he always wants to push God and man out of the way. And Adam fell. And there came the punishment. But let me tell you something. One of the ways by which the enemy can get you and I is to question us. The things that we know that are true, okay, are the very things that the devil will come and question us. He will ask Adam, has God said? When he knew that God had said, okay, you're not married, okay, and you want to live with a brother or a sister. You know that, it, you know that it is true, okay? The enemy will whisper and say, has God really said that? That's to cause you to think. As a teacher in the classroom, the best way to find out the level of any student in my class is to ask that person a question. Exactly. See, if I ask you a question, the answer you give me would determine what, what is in your head or what is going on in your head. What is going on in your head? So the enemy always comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. Okay? Now, when he tempted Adam and Eve, the Bible says that Adam um, Eve, they saw that the, food, uh, the fruit was what? Good for food, right? It was pleasing to the what? And it's desirable to gain what? Wisdom. That is the last of the flesh. Last of the eyes. And what? 
pride of life. Okay? It was good for food. Now, food in this sense is not necessarily physical food, but it's also talking about appetites of the body. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Your body need, the body has an appetite. One example of a bodily appetite is food. One of the bodily appetites is water. One of the bodily appetites is sex. One of the bodily appetites is drugs. So many of them. Alcohol. Okay? So the enemy will come and whisper to you and ask you a question. Oh, maybe a pint of... Just a pint. Exactly. And that is, that is the last of the flesh. When, when you know very well that you need to be fasting. And, and sometimes the temptation comes when you are fasting, right? So the different bodily appetites. <laughs> so he comes to tempt you that way because he wants to take you out of God's plan. He knew that God has given the rules, the principles. He's given his laws, okay? Then if he cannot get you on appetite, he will take you where your eyes will draw you. What do you see with your eye? Your eye is a gate. Hallelujah. What are you watching? Do you understand what I'm saying? So your eye can be a gate. It's been proven that the things you see in your lifetime, you can never forget them until you die. It's still there in your mind. And if you don't watch the right things, what happens is that the enemy comes to what? Trap you and take you out of God's will. He wants to take you from the shelter of the comfort of God from under his power into another place. And the last one, he said that he saw that he was this, uh, the food was what? Desirable to make you wise. That wisdom is not talking about the wisdom of God. It's a wisdom outside that wisdom is what has given birth to all the religions that we have in this world. Hallelujah. It is a twisted wisdom. It is a perverted wisdom. It's a wisdom that is outside the knowledge of Christ. The Bible says that Christ is our wisdom. Hallelujah. Anything that is outside of Christ is not of God. Hallelujah. And do you know that because Adam failed, okay, Adam failed, Somebody will have to come and continue from where Adam failed. That is why Jesus had to come as a form of what? A man. To, you see, it's just like an exam. The first Adam failed, so the second Adam will have to what? To come and take over. Hallelujah. But let, let me tell you something. Now, the question is, why, why would Jesus have to come in the form of a man? Ask yourself. You see... The only thing on the earth that is, has a legal right to take dominion is man. Yeah. Not angels. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? The only living thing on the planet that has a legal right to take dominion is man. That is why when the devil wanted to tempt Eve, he had to find the body of a snake. Because he's not legal to function. A demon wants to attack you. He needs a body. Because God has set the rules that anything that is entitled to function on this earth has to come through a human being. Does it make sense? Yeah. So spirits are all over the place looking for people to possess. 
Do you understand? Because that's how God has designed it. They cannot function unless you have a body. And that body is what is going to fight either for the devil or for God. But we are on God's side. Hallelujah. That's why sometimes spiritually you can see demons as animals or birds, you know. He needs something that God has created for it to possess, for it to function. Because that's how God has designed it. So Jesus had to come in the form of a man to carry on from where Adam failed. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. The same three tests that Adam failed, the devil had to test Jesus in the same three tests before he, he was qualified to begin his ministry. The Bible says that the spirit of the Lord Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, the spirit of the Lord will not tempt anyone. It's a translation issue, right? But the spirit of the Lord let Jesus into the wilderness because Jesus had to pass that test. Okay, before he can begin his ministry. And the first said, turn these stones into what? Appetite. Hallelujah. Last of the flesh. Appetite. Okay? And the second one is that he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Of the world. And the splendor. And he said, if you only bow down and worship me, what up? I'll give it to you. He showed him all the kingdom of this world. That's last of the last of the eyes. What are you seeing? Competition, right? Sometimes you see somebody in a particular dress, right? And you want you want to get the same thing. Because you think that that's what you need. There's life is more than clothing that you wear. Hallelujah. When when I was coming to when I was coming this morning, my wife told me that I have a, a hole in my you know, my jacket. But does it matter? No, no. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I cannot travel all the way to Liverpool and come back and change my jacket. It, it doesn't make sense. Hallelujah. Sometimes we are distracted. Some of the things that we see on social media that we are attracted to. Some clothings, some, some things that people are doing. I, if I had a daughter, okay, it would have been a lot of work for me to do. But thank God I don't have a daughter because... When I see young girls, what they are attracted to, and the kind of things that they want to do, please let's pray for our young girls. They are still around there, okay. We'll pray for all of them before I go. <laughs> so, if you are a young girl, please be careful what you are attracted to. There, there are so many things out there. I'm not saying that boys are not attracted to anything, but the girls are more in danger than the boys. How we present ourselves. <laughs> Praise the name of the living God. So Jesus had to qualify. And the third thing that Je- the devil did, he took Jesus to the highest what? Point in the temple. And he says, jump down. And the devil started quoting. He says that, even the word says that he will give his angels what? Charge over you. You understand? The devil is quoting the scriptures. And you are not learning the scriptures. My goodness. You are in deep trouble. He is quoting the scriptures just to tempt you. He is twisting the scriptures to tempt you. And you, you are not learning the scriptures. You are a dead meat. Okay? In, in my language, back home, you say that you are toast. You are a toast because he's put you in a microwave and he's put you on. And you, he will take you out anytime and chew you because you don't even know what you're doing. Hallelujah. How many of you play drafts? 
draft, okay. I mean, they're too young to know what a draft is, okay. There's something called kwakwa. If I'm playing draft with you, okay, and I t- get you as kwakwa, it means that that marble that I have of yours is in my account. I can come and take it anytime I want. So I'll go and get other what? Marbles of yours. If you're not studying your word, the devil will come and quote at you, okay, just to suit what he wants to do in your life, and he will fall for it. And Jesus said, that shall not tempt what? The Lord. And that is pride of what? Pride of life. The Bible says that Jesus began his ministry in the power of the what? Of the Holy Spirit. When he had succeeded in overcoming the enemy, the power of the Lord was upon him to begin his ministry. If Jesus had failed, that Adam had failed. We are not going to be here today. But Jesus passed the test. And immediately you pass the test, the power of the Lord will be with you to carry on, to move to the next phase of your life. So be careful what you are tempted with. Especially in these times where there are so many things that are clamoring for our attention. Hallelujah. And um, Now what is God's original intent? God's original intent is made you to be in charge, like I've said. And it's, it's very important. Hallelujah. And make sure that, I'm going to show you why Jesus came and why he said some of the things that he said. Hallelujah. Because when Jesus came, he says the kingdom of God is like Remember your scriptures. The kingdom of God is like a man. The kingdom of God is like a man who had seeds. Some fell among the wayside. Some fell among thorns. The kingdom of God is like a... F- right. Jesus was trying to remind us of what we have lost. And he wants to reestablish the kingdom of God on the earth. That's why John the Baptist just preached ahead of God, uh, Jesus and said, the kingdom of heaven is at... So there's a man that was coming to usher in the kingdom of God that was lost by man. Okay? The first man. Exactly. And he said that, I'm going to bring the kingdom of God back onto this earth. But for you and I to understand, he has to tell stories. He has to use parables. He says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As it is in, give us this day our daily bread. See, that will be done on earth, okay? That will is to establish God's kingdom on the earth. And that's what God has called you for. So you and I have a huge responsibility. What your pastor is doing now is establishing God's kingdom on the earth by doing exactly what he did. But it did not happen by accident. So many years of prayer, so many years of Bible study, consistency in God, that has brought us where we are today. He never slipped along the way. And each one of you, God has called you to do similar things in your homes, in your workplaces, wherever you are. That's what Jesus is saying. Hallelujah. So it's very important that we get to that point where we know exactly what God wants us to do. Hallelujah. So Jesus said all these parables. Now God always gives us, shows us just a little bit of himself when we draw closer to him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because we are human, okay? We are limited in the way we think and the way we act. So, for example, to Abraham, God showed himself like, God showed himself as the provider. And he said, his name is Jehovah Jireh. God what? My provider. Because he walked with God, and through the relationship that he had with God, God, he saw God as a provider. 
He was about to use his own son to sacrifice his own son according to what God had instructed him. But at the point of sacrifice, God provided a lamp to replace his son. Hallelujah. And he saw God as a what? A provider. What do you see God as? Hallelujah. What do you see God as in your relationship with him? Jehovah Tikenu, God our righteousness. Hallelujah. Jehovah Rapha, God what? Our healer. It goes and these are individuals that have seen God through the relationship that they had with him. Hallelujah. Now the question is, what are you seeing God as? What are you seeing God as? So God is God. Hallelujah. He is powerful. He wants to restore you back to where we've lost it. But the challenge is that there is a camp of our enemy that is fighting against us. That is preventing us from getting into the things that God has called us. And it's very important. The names are important. When God calls, he wants to change your name. He called Abraham, right? Abraham means noble father. Okay? But because of what God has called him to do, he has to change the names to what? Abraham. His name was not a bad name. Noble father is a nice name. But because of the assignment that God has in front of him, he had to change his name to Abraham, father of many nations, right? Because of the plan that God has for him. If you bear a name that is not right, it's important that you change that name. Because that name will lead you out of the will of God. You need to know the meaning of the name that you carry. Hallelujah. And I'm giving you an assignment to know the name that you carry. Now, today, names have been given to us, and it's all over the place. We don't have, because in, in those days, you are very careful the names that you give your children. Let me tell you a story. There was a story in the book of Third John about three brothers. I don't know whether you know about it. It's Gaius, Demetrius, and Diastrophus. These are three brothers in the what? In the church. Gaius was a very responsible Christian. Yes, he had a good testimony. And he was doing similar thing like Demetrius. But there was a third guy in third journey called Dithrophis. Dithrophis was a believer in the church. He was an elder in the church. But the Bible says that he wants to be first in everything. When they travel. You know, in those days, apostles traveled from place to place into churches. And Dithrophis would not even welcome the brothers. And the Bible talks about the many evil things that he did at that time. Compared to Demetrius and Gaius. Now, I was looking into it and I was trying to find out why, he's, why he, he did what he did. And I realized that the meaning of Diatrophis was nurtured by Jupiter. The God, what? Jupiter, right? You are a believer, okay? You've known, come to know the Lord. But the name that he was bearing means nurtured by Jupiter. So there's a spirit that was at work that was speaking against his life, even though he was a believer. And so sometimes you need to change your name. Yeah. Go home and find the meaning of your name. It's very important. It will fight against you. Yeah. When I was very little, there was, I had a friend in my language. I come from Ghana, right? In my language, um, in the Ghana language, I'm not a Ghana, but I, could speak, I can speak Ghana, right? There's a name that my friend had. And the name of my friend was Bo Uya. If you speak Ghana, you understand what I mean. Boya means that die quickly. <laughs> and that was the name of my friend, right? Die quickly, Boya. Okay? 
Then the other, the, the other brother was, was called um, Achafu. Achafu means that throw away. Let's throw away. They discard or throw away. So what I did was, I was very young, I mean before primary school. So what I did was, I, I, I went home to their home and I asked their parents, why have you given these names to your children? Boy, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Achafu. Let's discard, let's throw away. And the parents told me that anytime they give birth, right, the children die. So they had to consult. And wherever they went to consult, what happened was the, 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 the fetish priest or whatever it is had to give the names to be given to the children. So it means that the protection was coming from that shrine. So to protect them from dying. So it means that, do you know what that means? That means the life of the children have been taken away from their parents. And the spirit that is protecting them is controlling their lives. So that spirit has given them those names. And for the rest of their lives, something's going to happen. So until they are delivered, the rest of their lives is in control of the spirit that gave them that name, Boya or Achafo. My, my question is, what is your name? He's, question, what is your name? What is the meaning of your name? Some of you have to change your names. Because otherwise, it's going to affect what God has called you to do. Okay? Because the power of God wants to do something with you. But there are a lot of little things with us that needs to be changed. That will continuously fight against us. Okay? As a teacher in the classroom, right, I can, I can give you five or six different spellings for the name Macy, okay? One was C, one was S, one was Z. Louis, you can get about 10 different spellings of Louis, okay? But some of these names, we don't know where they come from. And parents are give because it looks nice. Because some, it sounds, some, nice. It sounds nice, just like Diatrophis. Maybe Diatrophis <laughs> is, is, is a name that was, it's a posh name. Sometimes people marry and they don't want to change their maiden name. Because they want people to know where they come from. And they don't want people to know that, oh, I, I, I was from that family and I, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe, I can't even imagine a name like, what's the posh name in Ghana? Somebody give me a posh name. We don't know one. Okay, that's fine. But <laughs> sometimes people want to maintain their maiden names. So that when their names are mentioned, okay, people know where they come from. Instead of taking your husband's name. And that's the legal thing. That's what God has designed. You still want to maintain your maiden name. Hallelujah. So find out what your name is. And if you need to cancel out. Now, I'm going to end very soon, okay? But let's go on. So God's original intent is to get you to rule over the earth. But we've sold that birthright. That's why today you and I are struggling. Because we are wrestling against spirits, principalities, powers dominions, okay? That's why when a prayer meeting is called, you need to be here. It breaks my heart, okay? Prayer meeting, Bible studies, you need to be here. You are maturing in the Lord, okay? Reverend Chris and his wife, they've gone through it. So it is not fun. Come meeting, you need to be here. He was in come meeting, school, do school time, not during vacation or holidays. He was constantly there. And that is what is going to make you who you are tomorrow.
Praise the name of the living God. Now the Bible says that as many as what? As many as believed, he gave them the power to be what? Power to become the sons of God. Okay? That power means, exousia means that he qualified us. Hallelujah. He made us competent. Hallelujah. To become the children of what? It is a privilege. He gave us the capacity to be able to walk with him. We did not buy it. So as many as believed, he gave them the power to become the sons of God. That is the first level of power that you have to be qualified into the kingdom. It says, except a man is born again, he cannot what? Enter. That is the first power that you have. So if you're born again, you have access into the kingdom. But it says, except a man is born of water and of spirit, he cannot what? Sorry, except a man, when a man is born again, he can see the kingdom. Sorry. Now, when you are born of water and of the spirit, then you can what? Enter, have full access into the kingdom. That's why the anointing is key. The song that is saying, very powerful song. Anointing is what brings the power. It's anointing that breaks the yoke. It's an anointing that gives you the power to do what you're doing in the kingdom of God. So we need to have the baptism of water and the baptism of the word of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10 verse 8, how Jesus anointed Jesus with what? Holy Ghost and power. Who went about doing what? Good. That's the second level. Acting in the capacity that God has given you through the anointing. And that is the power that God has given us. Hallelujah. So, he gives you power, qualifies you to be in the kingdom. Now, there's a second level of power that he gives you to be able to function and to destroy the works of the darkness. And that is what you call the dynamos or dunamis, okay? The gift of the spirit works in the power of God. Hallelujah. And that is what we need to pray. It doesn't come easy. It comes with time, spending time with God. Hallelujah. That's what God wants us to do. So now we are all qualified because he's given us the power. Okay, but the second level is where each one of us will have to begin to demonstrate to destroy the things of the of the enemy. So the Bible says, "Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord, and what? In the power of His what? So we have the Holy Spirit, but it's important that we need to be strong in the Lord. Then we can demonstrate the power that He has given us." Now, do you know that the most common phrase that Peter, uh, Paul used in the entire epistle is the words, in Christ? Everything that Paul says, if you look at every letter that he wrote, everything that he did, everything that he says, in Christ. Because he says that he cannot do nothing outside Christ. Hallelujah. So God is calling us to be strong in the Lord and what? In the power of his mind. Finally, brethren, that's what God is asking us to do. So we're going to pray and ask God to help us to be strong in him and in the power of his mind, right? And it is not a one-day thing. It is what? It's, a, it's, not, a, it's, not, it's not today. Just today. It's every day. As we move along. Hallelujah. So he says that, um, I want us to read Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10. It's, it's, it's important. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. 
and understand why. So the kingdom that we lost, God wants us to get it back. Hallelujah. But he's fighting against our flesh. He's fighting through our eyes. He's fighting through pride of life. Just to prevent us. We are saved, but we're still struggling. Because we need to find the time to spend time with God in his presence on a daily basis. So I want us to read Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10. Then um, I'll be running up very soon from there. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, uh, let's see. Ephesians 6 verse 10. Let's see what the scripture says. I can quote it, but I want to get it. Finally, brothers, be strong in the Lord in the power of what? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Stand against the schemes of the devil. What are the schemes of the devil? The system of the world. His strategy, his antiques. You know, he comes with a lot of questions. He comes to deceive us. That's the schemes of the enemy. Hallelujah. But how do you, how, how do you withstand somebody? You have to what? Vigorously resist somebody. To withstand somebody. Because he will never stop. He's relentless, right? He keeps coming. When he tempts you and you, you, you don't give in, it doesn't mean you've won. He's going to come again. And, and, and you, have the, you have the opportunity to face him face to face. Okay? If he quotes the scripture, then you need to quote the scripture back. When he quoted the scripture, Jesus had to quote the scripture back. Because if he quotes the scripture and there's nothing in there, you are toast. You're finished. You give in. And he's going to get you. Hallelujah. So the Bible is saying that we should put on the whole armor of God and resist the devil. Hallelujah. For we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual forces in the heavenly places. Now, you see, we have principalities, right? Principalities, they rule cities. Okay? So that's the first level. Okay? Then we move on from principalities. What we move, we talk about powers. Um, how do you call it? Against powers. Powers are the next level. Okay? The nations, okay, the rulers of darkness of this age. We will talk about continents. See, there are levels in that order. And how can you face this spirit when you're not spending time in prayer? How can you face this spirit when you're not, you don't know the word? So to most of us, it's just by God's grace that we are still around. Because he's just keeping us alive. Otherwise, that guy will finish us quickly. It's just by God's grace. That's, that's, that, that's a true picture. Just picture it. This, the Bible says they are wicked spirits. <laughs> they want your family. They want to take your jobs. Okay? They, sometimes the devil opens a door for you to make you happy. Because the real door has been closed by him. Just to keep you silent. And you think that, hallelujah, God has blessed me. Meanwhile, the real door has been closed. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's such a wicked enemy that he wants to destroy, he wants to finish you. One day, Jesus had to cast out a demon from somebody, okay? And the demon spoke to Jesus and said, Why have you come to torment us before our time? Even demons know that they have a time. Do you understand what I'm saying? Demons, they know that they've been condemned already. And they're just waiting for the time when God will cast them into the bottomless pit. So they are working over time to destroy your life. Okay, they are possessing people 
They are spoiling marriages. They are destroying people's jobs. They are doing all that they can. Okay? Everything that they can. Because they know that they have a very short time. What about you and I? How much time do you have on this planet? You don't know. Your, your, your life on this earth is not guaranteed for the next 10 years. You could go tomorrow and you appear before the judgment seat of God. And what are you going to tell him? Do you understand what I'm saying? So they are working over time to make sure that they destroy as much as they can. So in the same way, you and I will have to work over time. The Bible says walk circumspectly because the days are what? Redeeming the times. Because the days are what? Evil. We need to buy back the time. Okay? So if you've not been born again and you've lived your life for a long time, the Bible says that the spirit of, the power of the spirit of disobedience is at work in you. So that, that spirit is working. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2. Okay? So when you come and know the Lord, then it's about time for you to start working overtime. Okay? And make sure that the time that you've lost, you get it back. He says that his divine power has given us all that we need, all that pertinent to, God, to godliness, right? Through the knowledge of him. Because he wants us to become partakers. God wants to do business with us. But he wants to do business with people who understand what time it is. People who understand his power. People who know who he is. You understand? If I have 50000 or $100,000, okay, and I want to do business, I, I need to find somebody who understands what I want to do. So God is looking for partners to do business, okay? Who are living what? Godly life. And I'm so happy that the next month theme is pursuit of godliness. If you're pursuing godliness, it means that you want to be God's partner in business. You're not pursuing any other thing. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all other things shall be added. So if you're pursuing godliness, okay, all other things will follow. That is what the devil will turn upside down. And says it's a lie, as God said. Okay? So as a church, let us pursue godliness next month. Hallelujah. And one of the deepest things that we can have in this church is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, um, verse 5. It says, having a form of godliness. Denying the power thereof. So you, you can be in God and have a form of godliness. You appear and look like you're godly but you're denying the power. Hmm. I hope somebody's understanding what I'm saying. You can do all the dancing, okay? You can do all the gimmicks. You can quote all the scriptures, but you deny the power. How do you, be, how do you become partakers of that, that power? That person who becomes partakers of that power is somebody who will study the word. Somebody who will follow the commandments of God's word. Somebody who will pray, okay? And find time in his presence. Okay? It's nice to do all of those things, but let us spend time in the secret place and not deny the power. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the living God. So the Holy Spirit that God has given us is to help us to build us up. Edification, self-edification. The evidence of you speaking in tongues is because you have the Holy Spirit right inside of you. Okay? It's just to build you up. So you need to, it's, it's just a starting point. When you start speaking in tongues, starting point, you build it up. One of the reasons why God has given us the Holy Spirit is also to help us overcome temptation and sin in our lives. Hallelujah. That's what the Holy Spirit does because he's come to teach us, remind us of the word of God. Another thing that the Holy Spirit does for us is that it helps us to do God's work. Okay, to demonstrate his power. 
and to demolish it. Since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven has suffered what? Violent and violent men. Violent men are men who are full of what? God's power. Hallelujah. Are you full of God's power? Do you understand why God gave Adam that dominion to rule? And if there's anything going on in the world, wrong in the world today, it's because Christians have refused to take their position. Have you ever witnessed to somebody and said that, oh, if God is alive, why is there so many people dying? It, that's the common thing you see all around nowadays. If you attempt to preach to somebody or to tell him about God, okay, he says, ah, if God is true, God is real, okay, why are people dying? Earthquakes. Do you know the answer? It's very simple. God is waiting on you. Because he's given you and I the power to be kings and rulers over this earth. He says, all power and authority has been given to me, okay? Go. So there's a transfer of power. Why is the policeman in that uniform, right? Very, he can be as small as anybody, okay? But immediately he raises his hands. You'll have to stop. And if you don't stop, he'll take your registration number. Whatever you do, you can run away, but you cannot hide. In the same way, God has given us the authority to begin to act on this earth. Are we giving our slot to the enemy? Giving our slot to demons and spirits to take possession of people's life? So if I'm talking to somebody about God and tell me that why is people dying? Why are people dying all over the world? It's very simple. I'll tell them that is why I'm talking to you. That's the beginning. That is the starting point. God is depending on me. I'm an ambassador of Christ. Time to tell you that God can save you. And God wants your life. And God can use you as well. All together as a team. He who wins souls is what? Is wise. There are so many things that are happening around us today. And on the 8th of March, okay, the United Nations is changing a lot of things that is going on around the world. You know, we have criminal laws and human rights laws. Okay? And the United Nations is saying the laws that exist on human rights is not good enough. So on the 8th of March, 2023, they've changed most of the laws. And these laws are in the area of um, drugs, reproduction, HIV, poverty, abortion, transgender, and all of that. They want to make it a bit loose now. Okay? They want to make it lose that uh, they won't criminalize you, right? If you choose to do whatever you want to do. And this is very ungodly. And these things are against the standards of the word of God. Okay, they're changing everything now. Your, your child can be a transgender anytime without the consent of their parents. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so many things are going on. But God is waiting on you and I. The power is in us. To begin to change things. Okay? Because if we don't go, who will go? So God is waiting on you to bring about the change. In the marketplace. Hallelujah. In the marketplace. And that's the power that he's given us. Having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. God is waiting on us to begin to act. And to begin to change things. In your own small way. In your workplace. In your school. I don't know about it. I, I can imagine if I'm 13 or 14 or 15 or 16 in my high school, 
how am I going to talk to my fellow friends about God? It's a big challenge for our young people. But the way they can do that is when they spend time in God's house. And when their lives begin to show that this guy is a Christian, 